it's not easy uh, being a sheep. They have a tendency to wander. They are vulnerable to predators. They need extra uh, care. They have no way of understanding the plan of the shepherd. The shepherd's ways are higher than the sheep's ways. His thoughts are higher than, than the sheep's thoughts. It's not easy being a sheep. So you can see why the Bible would compare us, would use that sheep imagery to talk about, to talk about you and me. Today we come to John 10. You might remember that we're, we're marching through the book of John, the story of Jesus as told by the gospel of John. We're now at John 10 where he speaks of himself as the good shepherd. He speaks of people who would influence us, some for good and some for bad, some who would even use us, some who would even harm us. So let's look at the images, remembering the, if you could just picture the sheep in the background, the words of Jesus about about leadership, about influence, about how people would use us. And well, let's start with the first image. There are hired hands who would use you and then toss you. John 10, 12, and 13. The hired hand, Jesus said, is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Two kinds of folks watch sheep. Shepherds who own and love the sheep and hired hands who are doing it just, uh, just for a few shekels. These are hired hands who don't own the sheep. They're, it may be a part-time gig, it might be full-time, but they're doing it just for the money. They do the basics. They will make sure the sheep are led to pasture. They will count the sheep. They'll keep them together. But if worse comes to worst, if push comes to shove, then the hired hand is, is not going to stick around, especially if it gets dangerous. If the cougar circles, if the wolf circles, Jesus said the hired hand will run because these, these ain't his sheep after all. He uses this, he, he's talking about this in the context of religious leaders. Religious leaders who used people so many of the religious leaders in Jesus' day, Jesus said, used people, didn't really love people, used people for their own personal gain. They enjoyed the power and the prestige and the privilege of their position. So they, they didn't always, their heart always wasn't in it. But that's applicable in a lot of ways. It's true that it could be true today of, of religious leaders who enjoy whatever whatever perks there come from being a religious leader and don't really love the people, but it's also true in other circles like relationships, the workplace, the marketplace, as an example. It may be the father in me and the grandfather in me, but every once in a while I feel the need to warn young ladies to be careful of some young man. Now, I don't mean to be creepy, but I... I just want to say there are young men who will use you and drop you, who are not in love with you, but who will use you for what they can get for you, and then they will drop you. They will charm you. They will 
flatter you and then they will use you for what they can get and then they're gone. Now please hear me, there are lots of good Christian young men who have scruples, who are of great character, they are polite, they are kind, they're respectful, there are plenty of them. But there are also a bunch who are not, so be careful. There are hired hands, who they will act like you are their sheep, they'll act like they're the shepherd, but in fact they are hired hands, they're in it for their own gain. It's not true only of young adults, it's true of people of all ages. Be careful of people with whom, to whom you trust your heart. Be careful of people to whom you trust your future. Don't trust your hearts and your futures to hired hands, to people who are really just in it for themselves. If you go for a job interview, ask yourself, do these people care about me? Do they care about my family? Or am I just a tool in their toolbox? Am I, are they just going to use me? To, to have a, a good end of the year financial report. I'd say life is too short to work for people who are just going to use you. There are hired hands, people who will act like your best, they have your best interests at heart when in fact they, they do not. What about our, our desire to impress people, to please people, to for people to like us. Don't, don't dance for people who are not your friends. And here's what I mean by that. Teresa McBean was the, the recovery minister at the church where we served in Richmond. Years ago when she was in high school, she told this story of being in high school at Midlothian High School there near Richmond. There was a certain path she would take uh, every morning this certain year to a certain class. And every time she'd walk down the hall this particular year, there'd be a circle of, a semi-circle of jocks, of athletes. And in front of them would be a young lady from the special needs class every time Teresa walked by. Often, she would be dancing for these jocks. And they would be mocking her. She didn't know it. But they'd be mocking her. Sometimes they would even throw coins at her feet. It just so angered Teresa every time she would walk by. Then one morning she walked by, the same thing, jocks are there mocking this young lady who's mentally challenged, mocking her. She's dancing for them. They're throwing coins out there. And one of them said, if you dance for us, we'll be your friend. Teresa had had all she could take. She took the young lady by the elbow and she pulled her aside and she said, you do not have to dance for them and they are not your friends. Don't dance for people who are not your friends. Don't try to impress people to be liked by people who are in fact hired hands, who don't have your best interests at heart. Life is too short to trust our hearts and our futures to hired hands. Jesus said, be careful of the hired hands. He also said, be careful of the thieves and the robbers and the strangers. Verse 5 of John 10, sheep will never follow a stranger, they run from him. Sheep, as you know, are defenseless. Their only defense in the face of attack by a predator is to run. 
Jesus said, there are thieves and robbers who will break into the pen. When they do, when the stranger comes in, run. We were down um, this week, we were filming the, the sermon for, for TV church. We were down in uh, uh, near Hartzell at a, at a farm where there are a lot of sheep. And we kept having to follow the sheep around because they didn't know us. They, would, they just wouldn't, they wouldn't hang around us. Jesus said, when the stranger comes, Smart sheep, run. Remember the story of Joseph in the Old Testament? The good guy. His boss's wife, Mrs. Potiphar, set her sights on Joseph. And one day she had arranged things so that they were alone in the house together. And she tried to seduce him. The Bible says that Joseph sat her down and said, let us talk about the dangers of infidelity. No. The Bible says that Joseph sat her down and said, let us talk about the ethics of marital bliss. No. The Bible says, literally says, Joseph ran. Ran so fast. In fact, the Bible says he left his coat in her hand. Joseph was a red-blooded guy. He, he's not Superman. He knows in the face of temptation, his only defense is to run. This predator was coming after him and he knew he was vulnerable. Folks, don't ever think you're not vulnerable. Nobody is above anything. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Spirit of God lives inside you, but that does not make you invincible. You are vulnerable. Joseph understood his vulnerability and he ran. What other situations might there be? Somebody walks into a party and there are illegal substances everywhere. And that person says, I, I just don't have the strength to say no to this. And so they, they turn and they leave. In the workplace, someone, it, it is suggested or maybe even required that, that a follower of Jesus do something shady, unethical, but instead of violating his or her values and morals, he or she leaves. I was in Nigeria speaking at a church in Lagos when a bank executive, a high-level bank executive at a prominent bank in Lagos came to see me, just said, I need to talk to somebody. I'm about to leave the bank and I'm not sure where I'll go, but they are requiring me to do things that are unethical and I can't stay. I'm going to go. Jesus said, when the stranger comes in and you are under threat, then run. Irk Russell was the football coach at Georgia Southern years ago. He was afraid that illegal drugs were going to infiltrate the football team. So he made an arrangement with two good old country boys and so to, to teach a lesson to the football players. So they were in a meeting, the football players in a meeting, the players sitting there, Coach Russell is up there talking to them. And just as pre-planned, these two country boys come bursting into the door with a six feet long rattlesnake and they threw the snake in the floor in front of the football players. Well, the football players screamed and they scrammed, they ran, they got out of there. And when they finally got back, Coach Russell said, I told them, when cocaine comes into a room, you're not nearly as apt to leave as when that rattlesnake comes in, but they'll both kill you. If you see that white stuff, get out as if it's a rattlesnake, because it is. Coach Russell was right. Sometimes you just got to get out, whether it's cocaine 
or a kickback. Whether it's an abusive boyfriend or someone leading you down the wrong path, you are vulnerable. Run. If it's unethical, unhealthy, immoral, improper, you are vulnerable. Your only defense is to run. Jesus said, there are thieves and robbers. There are strangers when they break into the pen. It is time to run. But he also said, there is a good shepherd who will lay down his life for the sheep. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd, Jesus said. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A good shepherd shows his love for the sheep in a number of ways. He rubs salve on their wounds. He makes sure they can, they drink from still waters where they can drink without fear. He picks the thorns and the burrs from their wool. He extracts them from the bushes in which they become inevitably entangled. A good shepherd shows his love, love for the sheep in a number of ways, but nothing matches the love of a shepherd who would see the wolf circling or see the bear circling and put himself between the sheep and the predator. A good shepherd shows his love for the sheep in a number of ways. But nothing matches that love of a shepherd who would allow the predator to feast on his flesh and blood instead of the flesh and blood of the sheep. Jesus shows his love for us in a number of ways. Jesus said of the kids, let those, let those children come up to me. He healed people just for the love of it. Next week, we're going to see the story of Lazarus and how that two-word verse, Jesus wept. He was overcome with grief because of the grief of those who had lost their friend and brother. Jesus showed his love for us in a number of ways. But there is nothing like the shepherd laying down his life for the sheep. That's why the universal symbol of the Christian faith is not a stethoscope, although Jesus is history's greatest healer. The universal symbol of the Christian faith is not a whiteboard, although Jesus is history's greatest teacher. The universal symbol of the Christian faith is not a lion, although Jesus is history's greatest leader. The universal symbol of the Christian faith is a cross. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. If you can picture the sheepfold, 
And you can see the lion out there licking his lips. And you see the shepherd step between the sheep and the lion. And I don't know how it works. But outside the old walls of Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, on a Friday, and this is mystery far greater than I can understand, certainly than I can explain, but Jesus stepped between us and the enemy and offered His flesh and His blood so that my sins as lengthy as that list is, and your sins can be forgiven. Jesus shows his love in countless ways, but nothing matches the shepherd stretching out his hands and laying down his life for his sheep. Catherine Tucker Wyndham is a great Alabama story writer Almost a year ago now on Good Friday, in this room that was empty except for the AV crew, we did a live Good Friday service. And I told a story that I want to tell again. Catherine Tucker Wyndham is, is a marvelous um, Alabama storyteller. She, in one of her books titled Spit, Scary Ann, and Sweat Bees, she tells this story. When she was a little girl in elementary school, she and her friend Ruth put a frog in the desk drawer of their teacher. She said, I don't know why we did it. She said, we had a frog and it was recess and it just seemed like the thing to do. And so they put a frog in the teacher's drawer. Well, everybody came back from recess, including the teacher, Miss Pierce. And uh, so Miss Pierce, everybody sat down. Miss Pierce sat down at her desk, eventually opened her drawer and the frog jumped out of the drawer into Miss Pierce's lap, scared her to death. When she finally caught her breath, she was terribly, terribly, terribly angry. Her dark eyes were like daggers, Catherine Tucker Wyndham said. Who did this, she demanded. Little Catherine was, was just about to raise her hand when Lyles Carter, her little boyfriend, looked over at her and shook his head as if to say, I got this. Lyles Carter raised his hand. He had had nothing to do with it. He raised his hand and he said, I did it, Miss Pierce. Miss Pierce wasn't surprised because Lyles apparently was always in trouble. So Miss Pierce took Lyles just outside the door into the hallway, clearly within earshot of the students. Those were the days of corporal punishment when Teachers, you know, spanked students and then their parents spanked them when they got home. So she took, but she, did, she didn't give Lyles a spanking. She gave him what we used to call a whooping, a hard one. And the reason I don't think I'll ever forget this story is because of this line. Catherine Tucker Wyndham wrote, I heard the licks, licks that should have been applied to me. 1 Peter 2.24, he took upon himself our sins 
in his body, our sins, not his own, our sins in his body on a tree. I heard the licks, licks that should have been applied to me. I don't know how that made my forgiveness possible, but I've trusted my life here and my life forever on the truth that I, I, I heard the licks, licks that should have been applied to me. And when I hear the licks, they sound an awful lot like a hammer and nails and flesh and blood. I, I heard the licks, licks that should have been applied to me. Isaac Watts wrote, Was it for crimes that I had done? He groaned upon a tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. There are people who will use you. They don't have your best interests at heart. There are strangers and thieves and robbers who will break in, whose ultimate goal is to harm you. The only answer to them is to run. And then there is one at the center of history who laid down his life for the sheep. And he is worthy of your life. So I'm going to invite you. Some of you are watching on television or by live stream. And some of you are in this room. And I'm going to invite you not just to think about it. But right now. Right now. To pray the prayer that would give your life to that shepherd. To say to Jesus, I am all in as of right now. And I will trust my life and my all to you. And I give you all that I have and all that I am. And not to do it tomorrow, but to do it right now. And then find a good flock. You are created to follow the good shepherd with a flock. If you're here in this room or you're watching via live stream or TV and you think this is the place for you, we welcome you. Please come. If not this flock, some flock, you were made to follow Jesus with a flock. And I guarantee you, whichever flock you join, they will be imperfect sheep. But together, we follow the one whose love is pure and whose power is matchless. So right now, in just a moment, in this room, we're going to do something we haven't done in almost a year, we're going to have an invitation. And some of us are going to stand down here and we're, going to, and we're not going to sing, but, but you will follow in your program and we're going to wait for you down here to talk about what it means to follow the Good Shepherd, what it means to be a member of a flock, including this one. While, while Esther is playing and others are reading, I invite you to come. Let's stand, please.